Hello there. It is finally over. Almost a year to the day after the 2019-2020 season began, Newcastle, Gateshead and Middlesbrough brought an end to Northeast involvement in the campaign over the last week. It's been long. It has been strange. There's been elation. There has been heartbreak. And that's only over the last seven days or so. But while the season may be over, we are still continuing. Welcome to Football Matters. So, hello, welcome to this week's programme, this week's celebration that the 2019-2020 season is done and dusted, but we are unable to celebrate with a full complement of pundits. In the Football Matters merry-go-round of punditry, it is Mark who misses out this week, leaving me to have to deal with Sunderland legends Darren Williams and adopted Geordie and bona fide Twitter stirrer Olivier Benard all on my own. Uh, before we talk all things Twitter, <laughs> gents, how are we? Are we amazed that seemingly after 20 years, uh, the 2019-2020 season is all done and dusted, lads? Yeah, I mean, we're, obviously we weren't too sure on what was going to happen, to be honest, uh, for, you know, for a long time. Um, but for, you know, finally it's, it's done and dusted and over. Can't believe it. Absolutely can't. I mean, in, technically, it's not really over if you're a fan of, you know, the teams left in the Champions League, Europa League, etc. Uh, there's still championship playoffs to be determined. So, technically, the season's over. I saw a stat yesterday that yesterday was the one-year anniversary of Wolves' start to the 2019-2020 season. It had been going on 365 days, which, you know, with a three-month break in, in the middle, I suppose. But yeah. it's incredible. Absolutely incredible. Anyway, it's all done and dusted. Um, and before we get into things and talk Twitter, Ollie, um, do you know why we're going to talk Twitter? No, I don't have any idea. All right, I will, mate. Trust me, you'll be delighted because it's the return of one of our popular features. I'll get onto that in a second. Uh, but before we do go onto that, um, did anyone see the uh, Zenit St. Petersburg Cup celebrations over the weekend? Nope. No. Well, Daz is not, so he'll have heard about this. Um, if you haven't heard about this, take a look or a listen, if you're listening to the podcast, uh, to this. I'm going to play it now. So there it is. A nice crystal glass trophy. And... Branislav Ivanovic, the captain, drops it. As you can see, <laughs> or here, because you definitely will have heard the shards of glass uh, in the top of the trophy, Branislav Ivanovic drops the Russian cup uh, and brutally smashes at least the top of it into smithereens. Um, now, I've seen a few of these. I think Sergio Ramos once did it at Real Madrid, um, where he dropped the Copa del Rey, I think, off the top of a tour bus. Anyway, got me thinking, pretty clumsily, uh, clumsy of Ivanovic. What's the clumsiest thing that you guys have ever done, preferably, or witnessed on a football pitch? Daz, let's come to you first, because Oli came up with a couple of perlers last week. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I mean, from a personal point of view, I've, I've kind of I've missed the, the seat in the dugout. 
Um, and was this on television? <laughs> Uh, it, it wasn't the best of things. I mean, I'd come up. To be fair, I'd, I'd had a decent game, I'd, and obviously, I was coming off towards the end of the game. Yeah. Um, and I kind of like, you know, obviously, you're shaking everybody's hand, and then I put the seat down, and I didn't really, you know, I'm not thinking at the time. I didn't realize, obviously, they went back up. So obviously, I went to sit down, and I just fell right on my backside. So, it, <laughs> <laughs> at least we, we won the game as well, so it wasn't too bad. <laughs> it wasn't all for nothing. I'm frantically searching YouTube now. Aaron Williams falling off dugout seat. Uh, but thankfully for you, my friend, nothing is turning up. Uh, so I think you've got away with that one. It wasn't during the Peter Reid, was it? <laughs> yeah. It was. Yeah. <laughs> it would have been. <laughs> you had some right antics with Peter Reid, didn't you? From like one time oh. to the It was good Crazy. times, wasn't it? <laughs> Very <laughs> Uh, I'll put that out there to any of our watchers slash listeners. If you can find a video of Darren being turfed out of his chair on in the dugout before next week's episode, uh, thank you very much. Send them in to us at footballmatterstv at gmail.com. It'll be greatly appreciated and it'll be shared. Um, pretty clumsy. Ollie, can you top that or not? Don't know. You tell me. You as our listeners. Maybe. I don't know. We're not going to talk the... Lauren Robert incident, that is... We, uh, yeah, no, that's, that's the obvious one. Nah. Ed was in the wrong position. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, it, uh, it was going out for the warm-up. Luckily, it wasn't, uh, it's not on camera. Well, I hope. <laughs> you say that. <laughs> and uh, and um, so, so uh, well, for anybody who knows St. James Park, you know, you, 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 got, you, you walk down and then you walk up to the pitch. And on the last one, uh, I had my studs stuck on the last one. And you know when 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 the last the, the last couple of steps you go you go up in sprint, yeah. and then and then you get onto the pitch to to to, to get get yourself up a bit. <laughs> I missed the last one, <laughs> and and I can see myself like like doing doing like a, a dog walk, <laughs> like, trying to get myself up. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm like, <laughs> and then <laughs> past the past the past the line. I, I, I'm kind of standing up. <laughs> Everybody was howling. <laughs> you're, you're telling me you tripped over the last step, ended up doing the Bafatimbi Gomez practical on the ground and then recovered before you hit the pitch. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, it was, it was. Everybody was howling. Like, what are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> Can you remember who it was against or not? Uh, no. That's no. convenient. <laughs> oh, my no. God. And I hope uh, nobody's got it on, on tape. Like, uh, well, again. Uh, no. I, thought, I thought it was going to be straight on the match of the day. But, uh, <laughs> but I got away with it. The camera was not ready at the time, so I'm, I'm glad. <laughs> The worst time you could do it when the camera is literally trained on one. Oh well, my god! Brilliant. Did the what did the what did your teammates say at the time? Anyone? Uh, they, went, they went. What are you doing? <laughs> I'm like, oh, I just tripped. <laughs> I just fall. But you like, <laughs> you know, you don't want to fall in. You just <laughs> your head's nearly on the <laughs> kissing the floor, and you're like, and you get back up, like like nothing happened, <laughs> and then you walk out. <laughs> Well, I'll tell you, 
sometimes <laughs> one of these, whenever I ask what's the clumsiest or what's the most awkward thing you've ever done or whatever it's been in the last few weeks, we've had some good stories that, that <laughs> someone needs to find this video footage for match of the day. Of but, all uh, no, no, not, let's, let's not mess about. <laughs> it was a story. It was nice. Let's leave it there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to point out the email address is footballmatterstv at gmail.com. Oh, my God. Stumble across it. No, don't go out and search for it. Don't go out and hunt for it. Um, just if you happen to stumble across it, send us in. All right? Um, oh, don't. I, didn't, I thought you two were fairly, you know, fairly slick and everything on the pitch. Like, I didn't think we were going to get any clumsy stories out of you, but missing the seat, tripping over when you're walking out under the pitch. <laughs> It's all right. I am um, actually. I'm not going. No, I'm not going to. Um, I once tripped over in front of a footballer when we were about to do an interview, so uh, that didn't go Ooh. down. Uh, I'm not going to say who, and I'm not going to say who for. Please, um, please do. Please. My head collided with his leg. Shall we say? <laughs> it didn't end up in a good place. <laughs> shall we say? Not quite in the midriff, but not far away either. So. Uh, not going to say who it was, but they will, if it watch or listen to the Football Matters podcast. Why, why, why would you not say who it was? Well, I don't want to embarrass the poor lad. Oh, because well, you tackled him. Against. <laughs> <laughs> For the same reason, mate. <laughs> anyway, it was, um, I hope it was as enjoyable for him as it was for me. Anyway, um, so <laughs> we've dealt with the clumsiness. Um, I think we should get on to one of the features. This week, I must point out, I haven't got any guests on this week because we thought, with Mark deciding to be elsewhere, that we would pick Ollie and Darren's brains on Newcastle, Barrow, Sunderland, Gateshead, you name it, across the season. But before we get into that, it's the return of one of our favourite features. We've only had it on twice, including today, but it is one of our favourite features anyway. It's mean tweets time. And <laughs> this is because, Ollie, you were back on Twitter, weren't you? On Friday night. It's happening. Thank God for that. I hope we will have the ambition of a great football club again. Does this sound familiar or? <laughs> it does. It does. Um, I was excited. Um, I was, uh, I was, uh, I was uh, doing an interview for a Saudi paper and, uh, and you know, they announced that they were, they were coming um, this week. So I was excited and I wanted to share it with the, with the world. Um, I didn't choose the, word, the right words, so it kind of backfired in my face, actually. <laughs> so I take it, you know, the use of uh, the right words is quite important in our days. And uh, I clearly, um, yeah, lost my English in there. Somewhere. <laughs> especially, with fans, eh? especially with football fans. But you did, in fairness, you know, just to clarify, you weren't on the wind-up. It was a simple language misinterpretation. I mean, That's, there we go. It's happening. Well, it will happen, sorry. <laughs> Tomorrow's Tuesday, Ollie. Tomorrow is Tuesday. He's given up on this now. <laughs> it's, still, it's still happening tomorrow, so hopefully... Uh... <laughs> well... Bearing that in mind, there was a few people who obviously interpreted it slightly different, which mm -hmm. was tremendous because I was reading all these replies and thinking, great, that's another five minutes taken up on the show on Monday night. Uh, <laughs> we're going to bring back mean tweets again. So I've gone and picked out a few of the best, I think, 
I don't know whether best is the right <laughs> word, although we'll give it a go anyway. Um, let's have a look then. So similar sort of thing, Ollie. Does feel free to chip in on a couple of these, mate, because they are true. I will. Um, but, <laughs> um, I'll read. He's, he's probably wrote his own as well. <laughs> <laughs> One of these is Daz's alter Twitter account. <laughs> he's seen Ollie decide to get involved in the takeover right. and thought, log in to the alter Twitter account. Well, I must say. Right, I'll read them out. You guys, well, react, I suppose. Um, first one. <laughs> I do. <laughs> I do love me, me wine. I agree. Water, <laughs> Water on the red wine again. For the purpose of the podcast. Ollie, I, don't, do I, don't, I don't get that again. Right, it's not like <laughs> I do love my wife, but again, it's a bit harsh. But I take it, I take it, I take it. I think, I think he's got our pundits mixed up a bit there. Only dad's support there, that isn't it? That's what I mean. <laughs> so, no, we weren't drunk on uh, Friday night or whatever you put the tweet out. We'll, we'll get past that. Number two, Ollie, number two. Uh, let's have a look at this one. My old man used to think he was <laughs> short. I, 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 need, I need to cut the dreads. Yeah, I know, I know, what, I know what he's thinking. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cut the dreads and, uh, and look a bit sober. Short hair, sober. Long hair, mortal. Okay, I get it. Does, have you ever, has it ever crossed your mind that Ollie looks decidedly stoned, though? <laughs> yes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Took you some time to answer that. <laughs> <laughs> he was thinking about it. He was thinking about it. Um, all right. Two down, three to go. Here's number three. Let's have a look at this one. Now, this one's a double tweet just for those listening to the podcast. Firstly, please, lads and lasses, just don't be setting about Ollie. He's backing you up, mate. He's one of our own. Don't know a player from other shows that has bought into our club and area as much as this lad. He should be revered, not picked at. That's Daz's alter Twitter account there. That is spoken like Darren Williams. Hi, Daz. <laughs> no, no problem, mate. <laughs> Paul Davidson. Paul Davidson. Don't be setting about Ollie. You've literally called him unhinged in another response. <laughs> <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't see that one. <laughs> Just on that. I was I was searching. I'll be honest. I was searching, lads, for a really nice one, and and the Twitter account there, Paul Davison. Uh, lovely words about Ollie. But it was that, and then it caught my eye. You've literally called him on in a previous tweet. Like that sums Twitter up for me. That's fantastic. Um, so that's number three. Oh, it. it gets better and better. These um, number four. Let's have a look at this one. Oh, God. Turn up. To the opening of a crisp packet, this bloke, all over NUFC, but couldn't wait to get away from the club as a player. Give over, man. <laughs> a bit more of a serious accusation, this Ollie. Um, I feel like you need to retort to this one. No, but a lot of people think I left um, because because I wanted to. Like I couldn't wait to leave the club, which um, which obviously looked like that because I left without you know saying goodbyes. I left you know. Um, you know, when Sunes told me to leave, I left. And yeah. there was no question asked. There was no argument, no, um, you know, 
booing him or, or doing an article over what he had done to me. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, it was quite rude the way I left. I agree, but but um, the real people, the real supporters know that that I love the club. I think he's, he he must be a Sunderland fan underneath his skin. <laughs> Are we saying that's Dad? <laughs> no, I, I say, I'm saying I, I'm just replying to the text. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I'm not even going to mention that bloke's name. There it is. That's, uh, <laughs> that's clarified. And the fifth and final one, which I thought was nice for a little bit of, uh, what's the word, um, a little bit of exposure, is this one. Number five, I think Premier League are waiting for the Masons to be open before announcing Newcastle United takeover. I hope we have a great loser again. <laughs> Ended on a nice note, that, didn't it? A little bit of exposure for the Masons. Good advertisement. Free advertisement, do you know what I mean? So... It's all good. I like him. I like him. Uh, for our 10 listeners or viewers, it's good advertising, that, I reckon. Um, <laughs> tell him tell him he'll be open next week. <laughs> open next week, was that? Yeah, I think so. Guys, what are you doing? That's then? what my The best pine in the Have you not been invited, Daz? <laughs> was it free bar, Ollie? Is that what it said? <laughs> Probably. Uh, yeah, no, we'll have, we'll have a night. We'll have a night, definitely. We'll have a night. I'll let you know. Good man. We'll be waiting. We'll be waiting for that one, Daz, in 2023. <laughs> I think. I know. I know. Daz is on uh, Carlin, so no way. Uh, I'll, I'll have you back. He's done Carly in about ten minutes. <laughs> He's going around the corner. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Brings an end to mean tweets. We'll uh, move on from uh, the Newcastle United takeover, and I'm, I'm pretty sure we're heading straight into Newcastle United. But uh, before we get into things, guys, uh, just a reminder you can watch us, of course, on YouTube, Facebook, and we're available as a podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Spotify. So get subscribing, get listening, get watching. Let's head into things then. Newcastle United rounded off the season with a 3 1 home defeat to Liverpool. It left them 13th with 45 Jens, um, I've seen the word satisfactory being banded around more times in the last few days than I've seen ever before in my life. For both of you, is this a satisfactory season for Newcastle United or not? For me, yes. For me, for me it is a satisfactory, uh, an honest, honest season. Because uh, at the start of the season, everybody... Uh, <clears throat> Thought we were going to go down. We would have been down by by January, yeah. and um, by January we started picking it up. I think we we, we were playing some excellent football uh, after Christmas for a month, and lockdown happened. If it wasn't lockdown, I think we would have, we would have been on a, on a good run and could have probably finished in the top uh, top ten, I believe. Um, great great job. I see Bruce regard, uh, regarding the squad that he's had to work with. I think he's, he's done enough and he's done well. Um, we're just waiting to see a bit more quality coming to, to the club, really. Yeah. I was, I was going to say, actually, does, do you think that Steve Bruce could have done any more or has he pretty much done the best possible? No, I, I don't think he could. I mean, it's been difficult to be in a difficult season. I think even if the season would have continued, obviously without this this um, coronavirus, etc., that, yeah. that you know would have been you know would have been a difficult season. But I think he, he's done well with what what he's got. Um, I think you know we've seen a different difference in Gale yeah. um, to the end of the season. Um, 
you know, a very difficult time to, to, to start a season back, obviously, with no crowd, etc. Um, but, you know, in fairness to Newcastle, they've kind of got the points that they wanted, really, or needed to stay in the league. And, you know, and the, and the job was done. Um, but, yeah, I think, you know, I think Bruce has done a, has done a decent job. Um, you know, potentially next year, you know, obviously he needs, he obviously needs some money coming in um, to, to kind of obviously get a, get a few players and bolster the squad. Um, but you know, under the circumstances and everything that's gone on, I think you know, I think he's done really well. We'll come on to the potential new arrivals at Newcastle or <laughs> potential takeover at Newcastle. But very quick, you mentioned Dwight Gale, does uh, John Joe Shelby ended the season as top scorer? Does that sum it up, Ollie? <laughs> I think it shows that the the lack of um, you know. Um, experience, opportunities missed. Um, <clears throat> going forward, I think we were a threat. I think scoring was was the problem, you know, having having a you know your old Alan Shearer as a number nine would have probably would have probably finished the season with a <clears throat> with a top 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 ten, definitely. Because I, I think we we're pretty solid as a as a side and as as a squad. But in the in the final third, we're not clinical enough, yeah. uh, and that's probably something we need we need to to look at um, for next season. And as soon as you get one or two injuries, whether it's Almiron or, or um, Saint Maximin, we we're struggling. You know, that's that's all we play on is is pace, pace, pace. Uh, we need a bit. You know, we need a number ten. We need we need a number nine. We need, you know, we and we need we need backups. So, I so do that job. Ever since but, lockdown, he's been, you know, pretty decent return. I think three goals since the lockdown. Yeah, I, I like what I've seen. I just think, you know, as a squad, you need diversity. If you've got only one player, um, you know, to, to rely on, um, you end up you end up um, getting game where you are with Newcastle, basically solid, honest. But not good enough um, in a final third. It's interesting. Yeah, I think when when you've got when you've got one player in in that position who you know, like you say, you know, you rely on your you know your hope he scores the goals, you hope he gets this that and the other. It's not obviously he's got to stay injury free. He's got to stay suspension free. Um, and not only that, a lot of it's a lot of responsibility for one player to shoulder. Um, you know, if you, if you're not having the best of times, um, you know, the more pressure piles on that individual. You know, which so you know, I think Ollie's right. You know, the the, the squad needs to be bolstered. You know, you need you need your backups. You need your people to say, well, you know, if we're bringing him off, you know, we've got him to come on type of thing. You know, you, like the likes of your big teams have. You know, you you know your Man United had, you know, well have still have now, but had years ago. You know, you you'd be looking around and you know, I don't know, Van Nistelrooy might go off and but he Charles Carroll come on or you know, or Dwight York goes off and Andy Cole comes on. It's like you know, it, it's it's a backup like that that you need. Um, because obviously, you know that that then parallels you into the into the top ten. I suppose we talk about potential new arrivals and bolstering the squad, but is one of the most important bits of business Newcastle can do in the off season holding on to Alan Saint Maximin? Because I imagine that there's going to be plenty of interest in him <coughs> seven or eight weeks. I think any any player who's got a bit of ambition, whether it's Saint Maximin or Almiron, I know there's uh, Spain looking at him. Um, it's it's very difficult to to retain them players because right now the club hasn't got that much ambition. Yeah. 
a competitor will always have ambition. If you've got an opportunity to go and play uh, in, the, in the top four, let's say in England, you will. Not, not regardless of how much you love the club. Um, you know, Alan Shearer, if we were playing relegation with the left, he stayed because the club was doing all right and had the ambition to, to get into that top five, top six. Uh, I don't think it's the case right now. And um, and and it's quite it's quite it's quite difficult and painful to watch at times. Yeah, with um, you know moving on from Sam Maximan necessarily, but I know Steve Bruce has said that there's a couple of irons in the fire. I think were his exact words. What do you think does Newcastle need from this window? I know you say that they need to bolster the squad, but in what areas do you think is it purely going forward? Do they need midfield? What should they be looking at? Do you think if they're going to be more ambitious? I think obviously, you know, if you're going to be ambitious, you know, you, you need to be looking for a striker that's, you know, it's going to get you sufficient goals, um, you know, a season. Um, I think they've got creativity in certain players. Um, yeah. I think maybe strengthen up in in the midfield area. Um, you know, for me, for me, I think if you go down the centre of the pitch, generally and strengthen, you know, obviously that gives you gives you a good base to work on. Yeah. Um, so for me, yeah, you know, it's the final third is massive. Um, you know, they've got creativity in in certain players, you know, which we've seen. Um, and I think, you know, in, in your defensive third, I think if you strengthen up in those two two areas, you know, you give yourself such such a better better chance and opportunity of of winning more games or turning games around that you know you you think generally that you would normally get beaten. Yeah, it could be the difference between that and a, a top ten finish. I think I was reading reports today that. Newcastle, should the takeover not go through, will only have £35 million available to them, plus player sales to be spent in the transfer window. I mean, I know coronavirus is going to affect things, Ollie, but that's nowhere near enough, is it? Really, if they need a striker, centre midfielder, etc. That's, uh, that's exactly uh, sum up where we've been for the past you know, 10 years. Um, you know, we, we spend the minimum, uh, we sell... Uh, the quality, and and we 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 still manage to survive and still be in the Premier League. Where at we don't look like, like a Premier League side. Um, for me, it's it's straightforward. It's it's we need we need to make sure as a, as a, as a, as a club that we 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 always strive forward. Uh, that's not been the case. Uh, I'd like the takeover to to take place. To be honest, like like many of us. Um, in our days, but uh, it, it is a difficult one at the minute. We've had a couple of conflicting reports on the takeover. Obviously, there's your report, Ali, I suppose, <laughs> as well, to throw into the mix from Friday that it's happening, but we've been through that. But there was one that I saw yesterday um, that came out of Saudi Arabia saying that basically it had been done, that uh, the new investors were going to be looking towards La Liga and we're going to spend big. And then there's another report that's come out today that said it's basically stalled and isn't got. Essentially, we are still in limbo. What I want to do is, just finally, gents, on Newcastle, is look at what Newcastle are going to be next season if the takeover does not go through. I don't like to be pessimistic, but looking at it, you know, as it stands now, if Newcastle are going to go into next season like this, what will it be like at the club, do you think? I think it's going to be a very, very um, difficult season for players from, from the manager. Because you know, you know, you've got to sell maybe your better players to to bring youngsters and and play of the futures. 
you know, it's very difficult to keep your 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 best players at this uh, at this rate. Yeah. And um, as a player, if it stay like that, you want to leave. If you have a bit of ambition, like I said before, you will you will look into into leaving. Uh, wherever you can, it's a different uh, different problem. Yeah. But you would be looking to um, to uh, to drop the shoulder definitely. Do you think, Daz, just to round it off? Do, I mean, we've already seen quite a few problems with the fan base at Newcastle. But do you see that getting worse and worse and worse if this takeover does haplessly not go through? Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think you know if the takeover doesn't go through, it, like Ollie said, it's going to be a very difficult season. Yeah. I think you know if you, if you say there, you know, they potentially would have thirty-five million to spend. Mm. You're going to have to have your your scouts, etc., looking at some very very talent, top talent that hasn't been found yet. You know, you're going to have to find a, a gem in in a in a market where you know where you've not got a lot of money. Mm. Um, so it's going to be a difficult one. I mean, you know, it's 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 kind of like finding someone like you know Vardy, um, you know, coming from the lower levels and and obviously you know hitting the heights that he, he has, you know, which, which is fantastic. But it, it will be a very very difficult season, I think, for Newcastle if um, if this takeover doesn't go through. Worrying times, but uh, the fingers crossed remain from a Newcastle perspective that it does go through and things will turn on the drop of a hat I'm sure as a result but uh, just quickly guys before we move on to Gateshead lower down the leagues obviously it was uh, news broke over the last few days that the season the Premier League season will be back September 12th uh, and they're looking to try and get crowds in if things don't change necessarily for the worse by October um, firstly on the start quite a quick turnaround where do we stand on that one <clears throat> um, I mean, I mean, obviously the players, in, in in a roundabout sense, have had about three months off. Yeah. Um, you know, it is a quick turnaround. I totally agree. Um, for me, I don't know. I feel, I'd, I'd feel like I've not kind of fulfilled my season. You know, because obviously we've had that such long a layoff, and then obviously games have been crammed in. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, you'd want a bit of a break. Um, but I think you know. I don't think it's too bad, all in all. To be quite honest, I think as, as a player, you'd want to take over anyway. Um, you know, in the club season, you know, yeah, you would normally have a week or two off, and then you know you're back at it on your own personally, and then obviously go back to pre-season training, and then obviously you, you know you do the get things there. So yeah, I don't think it's I don't think it's too bad of a of a, of a gap to be honest. I think it's, it's probably it's probably pitched just right. Um, you know, for players. It's six, seven weeks at the end of the day, and you know it's a couple of weeks off, then straight back into pre-season. But they won't have lost too much fitness because obviously it's been such a helter-skelter season the last couple of months. What about the crowds, Ollie? They're expecting the crowds to come back by October, or hoping for the crowds to come back by October. Is that a little bit too soon? They're already trialing it out in the cricket, and it seems to be okay. Very ambitious. Very ambitious. We we can see that all other countries um, are getting numbers back up in terms of mortality. So um, so we need to be very careful, very cautious in, in, in that sense, because uh, in the end of the day, we're talking about humans' life. Um, I like I like the, the the way they they want to they want to promote the sport and they want to you know they want people to get back into the normal life. But yeah. at the same time, you know, you're putting people at risk. Um, you know, the, the right there's no right or wrong uh, way to do it, but I think it, it needs to be um, really thought about 
um, you know, in the next probably in August, by the end of August, we'll have a clearer idea on on whether uh, we should let the public uh, back in the stage. I'm really. Yeah, be interesting to see what happens with that one. Is uh, this with a guy percentage of the of the crowd? Yeah, I think so, Darren. It's going to be um, a third maximum that is going to be allowed back. Yeah. I think there's also been other figures like 17% of the stadium uh, being allowed back in, etc. So I think for, right. from a Premier League perspective, it'll be great. But from a lower league's perspective as well, obviously, who you know don't necessarily 100% rely on revenue, on crowd revenue, but rely on it heavily. That's yeah. it's got to be a good thing for me in terms of just eking crowds slowly back into the stadium. Not from an enjoyment perspective, but from a survival of clubs perspective, I suppose. Yeah. As well, like you say, I'll leave the health right. You know. Um, yeah, because the longer, oh, the longer it goes on, obviously the worse it's going to affect the you know the, like you say the lower the lower clubs yeah. um, who, who struggle financially. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, I think if it's done right. Then, then great. Um, you know, you, you, but like you say, you're on the side of caution because obviously it is people's lives. Yeah, cool. Well, it's a low league that we're going on to now, and that's Gade said. Um, heartbreak ultimately for them over the weekend uh, into the National League North playoff semi-finals, and very, very confident they were against Boston. Crashed out five three. Uh, Darren, what a game! But a game ultimately they were on the wrong side of a result for, so it doesn't matter what a fantastic spectacle it was, they're not in that final. No, yeah, and obviously, you know, it's disappointing from that sense. I mean, you know, you look at the game 5-3, you know, clearly, obviously, you know, Boston were ahead and obviously Gated, you know, were fighting to get back into the game. So, you know, it opens up the game massively and, you know, and obviously that's, you know, potentially why the, the scoreline ended up 5-3. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you know, unfortunately, but, you know, I think, when you look back at where they've come and, and how far they've travelled, you know, from, from basically going out of business more or less, you know, to then, you know, being on the brinks of it and then, you know, surviving and then having such a, you know, a great season to put them in a position of being in the playoffs in the first place, yeah. you know, and the job that everybody's done at the club, you know, that's a massive achievement in itself. Um, and I think, you know, we've, you've just got to look at it from the point of view, yeah, very disappointing that they haven't made the final, yeah. um, obviously, which they would have loved to do and, and what a fairy tale it would have been if you know they, they would have got promoted. Um but you know they've just got to build on it. You know they they've done a tremendous job since you know it's gone from you know the brink of nothing to to where it is now. You know and that, that build and that you know that energy and that you know the, the belief has just got to continue and I, you know I'm sure they will all be working hard um in this little bit of a close season to, to get everybody back and right and ready to go for the next season. Yeah, I was going to say, actually, Ollie, just on what Daz was saying there, um, I know it might sound a bit strange a few days after a heartbreak like that, but how well does this journey that they've been on in the last few weeks kind of set them up for next season? Because they're going to be aimed at, aren't they, National League North? I think, I think they'll, be, they'll be this next season or this season. I don't know how you want to call it. But, <laughs> Whatever it's called. They, they, yeah. I think it's, you know, they will be uh, a big contender in the league, I think they'll be they'll be looked at as being being one of the better better side in in the league yeah. uh, with what they achieved. Um, I mean, you know, six like Dal says, uh, you know, a year ago, you know, new manager, the the, the club was meant to go bust. Yeah. Um. So so you know, there's been a lot of changes at the club, and they've coached superbly well. 
Um, and looking at the results, you know, yes, it's a 5-3. Uh, you could say that they, they have beat Boston uh, before, uh, before during the season, but, but it's, a, it's a cup game. I think it, 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 it comes with a bit of luck and, uh, and, and, and choices uh, on the day. Um, so, so, you know, the, it's hard to say, but, you know, they were probably not ready. Yeah. Um, to, to, to be promoted this season. You know, it would have been nice. Um, realistically, uh, the club's been in so much turmoil that, that you know, you, 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 you know, it would have been too good to be true. Um, a dream. You know, it would have been a dream if they had to, uh, to be promoted this season. Um, but the, the dream stopped, unfortunately. I was going to say, that's a really, really good point, actually, Ollie. Uh, does just on that, in the fact that maybe Gateshead weren't necessarily ready for promotion, does it just give them a little bit more foundation, a little bit more stability with one more season, potentially at least one more season, in National League North before any sort of promotion? Does it help the club out from a financial and from a stable perspective? I think, yeah, I think if you, if you take all that, um, the, the season as a whole, um, you look at it, you know, you learn from it. Yeah. Um, you know, where, where did we go wrong at, at the time? You know, where, you know where, where has it gone right? How can we build on it? Um, yeah, I think, you know, the, the foundations are there, you know, they're, they're in place. They just need to use it right. Um, you know, pe- people always said, you know, about the, you must have been devastated after the playoff final when we lost uh, for Sunderland. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, you know, we're absolutely good, but we learned so much from that season that we knew next season that we'd be we a lot stronger and a lot more confident, you know, and, and we went on to obviously you know, get 105 points and, you know, get, not walk the league, but, you know, we more or less, you know, we're, we're destined to win the league. Um, but again, you know, we've drawn from all the experience we'd had the previous season, um, you know, and, and all those little things that went wrong, you know, we tried to put right mm. uh, and just build on it. And, you know, I think that's what Gated have got to look at, um, you know, and, and if they do that, you know, I think they'll be a hell of a lot stronger for it. Good stuff. And it did as well, at least, the results at the weekend prevent, well, I suppose not just Gateshead's result, but York losing to altering and prevented you having a rather difficult decision to make in the playoff final, didn't it? It would have been a great um, great to see to see the, the, the final being York against Gateshead. We all wanted it. Yeah. Uh, but uh, unfortunately, it won't happen. Who would you have supported that? Well, as you know, people people have asked me this, and it is a tough one because obviously, you know, I was at Gateshead, and obviously, you know, I'm I'm, I'm up this way, and I'm kind of working in around the Gateshead area now, uh, Northumbria. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I started my career for York, so you know, I, I, you know, from my point of view, I've got kind of a soft spot for York. Um, you know, my career's there. Um, Ricky Sprazier, obviously, you yeah. know, my youth team manager, I'm you know, a fantastic guy. Um, absolutely bullied me all the way through. Um, but kept my feet grounded, you know, and that's what that's what he knew. But you know, I've got I hold a lot of respect for Ricky because you know he was the guy that recommended me to Peter Reid, um, you know, and obviously you know my career went on from there. Yeah. So well, at least you've got your Gator to look forward to twice over at least next season, I suppose. And uh, we'll revisit it then, I'm sure. Um, Gator, of course, went out before that. We already knew what had happened with Middlesbrough. It seems like ages ago now, that amazing final night of the championship last Wednesday, which was incredible. I mean, Middlesbrough, arguably, were pretty much out of it anyway, in the sense that every, all of the drama was happening at the top end, obviously, with the playoffs with Swansea and Nottingham Forest, the relegation, it was happening around Luton and Barnsley. 
Middlesbrough kind of went under the radar a little bit and got a pretty decent 2-1 win over Sheffield Wednesday. I think, Daz, first and foremost, we've talked it up on this programme in the last couple of weeks. Will they? Won't they survive? They have survived now. What's your overall reaction to that? I mean, you know, I think, like you say, I think they did go under the radar. And I think, fortunately for, you know, for Middlesbrough, and fortunately for, obviously, clubs down, you know, who didn't go down, there yeah. was clubs below them that, probably, you know, were doing a lot a lot worse, really. Yeah. Um, for me, though, you know, Tom Belonga came, you know, came to light. Mm. Um, you know, he started out of his shell, um, you know, which, which you know, said on the programme, you know, these players need to start to step up, you know, and, and show what they're about. And, and and all credit to it, you know, Neil Warnock, you know, worked his magic and, and, and got these guys to, to produce the goods and, you know, win on the final day of the season, obviously eased everything. But I don't think there was any pressure on him anyway, to be quite honest, because I think, you know, everybody else kind of like, you know, did what they were usually doing, you know, getting beat, etc. Yeah. So it didn't really put Middlesbrough under a lot of pressure, really. It probably helped them out as well. What didn't help them out was their home form. Their away form, it has to be said, was absolutely excellent. Their home form, though, Ollie, I think they lost, well, I can't remember the exact stat I was reading it the other day. They lost something like 13, 14 across the course of the season at home. I mean, that is staggering, isn't it? It needs sorted out next season. It is, and it's a, it's a big slap on the wrist. You know the fact that they haven't um, they haven't dropped to the to the first first division uh, is uh, is <laughs> is a bit is a bit of a warning um, for them, um, especially at home. You, you've got you've got to play uh, like a fortress. You need to to be hard to beat, um, and it hasn't been the case. So it's important for for them to 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 rectify that. Mm. Um, you know they've got a good youth side who can go and and, and score goals. We've seen, um, but defensively, on the you know tactically, they 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 haven't done well enough, yeah. and at home they haven't worked hard enough as a team as well. I think it's mentally, um, you know, when when you play at home mentally, you've got to be stronger because you've got your crowd, um, and and you've got to work on the pressure, and they haven't managed to 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 get that right. And I suppose that's where it comes into it. Who's going to be in charge next season? The talk is that Neil Warnock's going to be sitting down with Steve Gibson this week or before the weekend, I hear. Um, yeah. Neil Warnock, the big, long-term or not? The big thing uh, and it is when you look at the games that Middlesbrough actually won, the team worked a hell of a lot harder. Yeah. They were in people's faces. They, got, you know, they, they worked harder. And you look at the games that lost, they, they looked like they weren't even there. Mm. You know, mm. so... You can see there was, there was there was a slight change, and obviously what one was coming in and changed things around slightly. Yeah. yeah, we know there was a dip. They, they had a win, and then they dipped, and then. They, but he's starting to get there, um, and for me, you know, I'd keep him in charge. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I think Neil Warnock obviously marked throughout Nigel Pearson last week as a potential, you know, someone he might like to see at the Riverside. I know Daz, you were away last week. What's your thoughts on that one? Would you stick with Neil because of his his championship pedigree? Or would you look at Nigel? I mean, you'd you'd look at Nigel, uh, you know. And I think Nigel's cropped up a few times, um, you know, when the Middlesbrough job's been, um, you know, up up for grabs. Um, for me, I'd stick, I'd stick with Neil. Um, you know, I think he's got a good pedigree at, the, at that level. Um, you know, he knows what it's all about. He knows what's needed. And I think, you know, like I said, you know, like I just said there, you know, he he kind of start to get that out of the players towards, yeah. you know, towards, and, and in the small amount of time he had them. Um, you know, he's done really well. To be fair, he's got in and saved the club more or less. He has. Um, one interesting stat, just in, one final question on Borough that I was reading. Obviously, Hull went down, 
their record since the new year. I think they were fighting for the playoff uh, places. Obviously, Jared Bourne and Kamal Grosicki got, uh, got sold to West Ham and West Brom, respectively. Uh, they'd only won one since new year, since they sold those two. Who did they beat? Middlesbrough. So, a lovely little... Um, a little reminder that away from, well, wasn't necessarily all good when they got beaten at the KC by, uh, by Hull a few weeks ago. Just one final one on Burrow and the championship as a whole, I suppose, guys. It, it's not going to get any easier next year. You look at the sides that have come up, but most importantly, the sides now that we know are coming down from the Premier League. Watford, Norwich and Bournemouth, all down the, uh, down the championship. You've still got Nottingham Forest in there. You've got one of Brentford, Cardiff, Swansea and Fulham going up. So the other three will be staying down. Is that the next year's championship, which has always been described as a competitive, one of the most competitive leagues in the world, is that yeah. even more competitive now next season? To be fair, over the last, over the last uh, since, since really Man City took the reign, yeah. um, so, uh, the championship, you know, been been very very competitive. You know, you you, you find your better players. Um, you know, in the championship, yeah. you know, your youngsters doing well, young Englishmen doing well, and and get get bought by by a Premier League. Um, I I think that the championship is a lot more attractive now than it was uh, probably 10, 15 years when we we were playing. Um, you know, in our days, it, it's as good as the, the Premier League. You know, it's just a, a matter of, uh, of you know, technical ability, I would say, probably. Uh, it's faster, but not technically better. Yeah. But I, li- I, li- I like, I've enjoyed watching it, especially this, this year, uh, because I do a lot of work with uh, Nottingham Forest. Yeah. Um, so so um, I'm, I'm very pleased with the championship and with the, the games I've seen this season. Um, you know the pace is, is you know when they, they've got a lot more games than the Premier League, you know it's it's very 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 intense and, and I, I like that at times. Yeah, it's crazy and obviously Nottingham Forest one of the teams that didn't necessarily yeah. benefit from the crazy nature of the Championship in the last few seconds last Wednesday. Um, just on one final one on Burrow, does you know that does make it much more competitive? Does it make it worryingly more competitive for Burrow with regards to relegation? Or does it make it more worrying for Borough potentially with regards to promotion? I.e., where will they be looking to be next season? Do you think? Well, I mean, you, you know, potentially, you know, you look at Middlesbrough um, and they they'd want to be, you know, at least in the playoffs, at least fighting, you know, to to get promoted. They want to be in the Premier League. Um, for me, you know, you look at that, you look at the teams that are coming down. And, you know, it's a very very strong num- number of teams coming down there. Um, you know, you look at how Middlesbrough season has gone this this far. You know, you've got a lot of building to do. Um, you know, there's going to be a, personally if if they get the obviously the money. You know, it's all, we all, it always comes back to money. You know, bringing players in and you know, etc. Um, then they need to bring in and strengthen up really, really quite a lot. To be quite honest, you know, we've looked, they've struggled this year uh, massively. I know, obviously, they've given the, the young guys an opportunity and a chance. Yeah. Um, very difficult. In 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 the in the championship, as, as we've said, you know, it is a very tough league. Yeah. Um, for me, they need to spend um, because they, you know, the Middlesbrough fans won't settle for another season of of, of being down in either relegation zone. They want to be up there fighting to to get promoted. Um, and it, you know, so for me, checkbook needs to be out. You know, you need somebody like Neil Warnock who knows the, the league inside out. Um, you know, and then hopefully, you know, they'll get what they 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 they're wishing for. 
certainly might need to use his contacts next season. Just before we move on, I'm just going to run through the teams that will be in the championship and the calibre of teams that will be in the championship next year. Nottingham Forest, Derby County, Blackburn, Stoke City, Sheffield Wednesday, Middlesbrough, Watford, Bournemouth, Norwich, Huddersfield Town as well, and Birmingham City. Now, they are just the former Premier League teams that I mentioned <laughs> in the championship. It's incredible. Anyway, Walt Labour on the point. Very, very tough season ahead for every team in the championship next year. And for fans of Watford, Bournemouth and Norwich, that is not an instant return necessarily to the Premier League for you guys. Um, last Let's be honest, they're not short journeys with Middlesbrough, are they? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I mean, God almighty, that's an extra few miles put on the clock, isn't it, next season? And then you think of the likes of Wickham, obviously, coming up uh, as well. It's just... Yeah, they're going to be putting some serious miles on the clock, shall we say, next year. Um, as are Sunderland, because obviously still in League One. As we didn't have you on last week, obviously, but the news came that Stuart Donald had stepped aside as chairman. And then more news last week, after he said that he'd, he was still committed to selling the club, that there were many different parties that were interested in buying Sunderland. Just firstly, does it really make any difference, Stuart Donald stepping aside as chairman or not? I don't think so because I think he's, you know, he's, he's made it blatantly honest that you know he wants to be out of the club and he, you know he wants to sell it. Um, so stepping aside, I, I don't see what difference that would make. Mm. Um, I think again, you know, it's, it's a position obviously you know Newcastle are in. You know, they need to take over to go through. Yeah. Um, you know, for next year it's going to be a very very tough tough season if they don't get the takeover through um, because I can't imagine you know there, there being any money to spend. Um, I think you know it'll be a very very tough season if if they've got to stick with what they've got. You know we, we've obviously seen that this year, and, and although before we we closed down the season, um, you know they, they were kind of turning it turning it around a little bit. They were teetering in and out of, of, the, of the playoff positions, etc. Um, but you know for me, it's, yeah, it needs to be a lot better. You know they need they need more quality in. Um, you know as we've noticed, you know the. Chief Scout, etc. You know they've all departed the club, and you know there's big gaps at the moment, and there's a lot of unsettlement going on, and it ain't right, and it ain't good. Um, and if you know if the take if the takeover doesn't happen soon, then you know you're getting close at the season, you know, and you want to bring players in. Um, you know, potentially, you know, if this doesn't happen, they won't be bringing anybody in. So, how on that basis, Ollie? How sorry do you feel for Phil Parkinson in all of this? Because he doesn't have too much to work off. He's got a club that might not might be in different ownership by the start of the season. Finances are struggling a little bit. The youths are heading off to Middlesbrough and other clubs. He's in a really difficult position, isn't he? Yeah, it's a, it's a bit. It's it's as difficult for Newcastle and Sunderland. They're quite quite in a similar situation where they they they're expecting somebody to come in and uh, and unfortunately, um, you know, nothing's happening. Nothing's happening. They they're in the way and and that. And settle not only the players but the, but the, the managers, the people who, who, who teach and coach yeah. uh, at the club. You know, it's the the whole. Though you're not only the first team but the reserve team. You know, it, it could be, you know, life changing for for coaches because they could be out of a job. So it's it's always difficult because because you don't know if you should you know give your hundred percent to to the to the club because because you know you love the club. But at the same time, you're thinking, you know, if there's a new manager, if there's a new club owner, I, I could be out. Shall I just get go and get somewhere else while I can? 
Um, so I so I don't end up, you know, um, without without. A, so so it's a very 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 difficult situation for for anybody who's who's uh, who's attached to the club. Does. I think if you look at the three North East clubs, they're not too dissimilar. You know, Newcastle, you know, waiting for the takeover. Need, it needs to happen. You know, it needs to happen because they need to strengthen, they need to bring players in. But they've got a great manager in Steve Bruce. You look at Sunderland, they need to take over happen. They need to bring players in. They need to build their squad back up. But they've got a great manager in Phil Pattinson. That level. You know, he knows that level. Middlesbrough, you know, they need investment. They need to bring players in. But they've got a great manager in Neil Warnock. So for me, they've got there's things in place at all three clubs, but they just need the investment. Yeah, yeah, which is obviously mm. a big issue for all of them and a huge issue. But, but, yeah, <laughs> investment is for is for anybody anybody who's playing in the in the highest uh, level. You know, you're talking about we, yeah. yes, we we need that in the office, but any club, you know, even even the better clubs, a club like Man U would like to compete with Man City. Uh, in terms of money spent, um, you know, they all want to want to be better. But but you know, when you're talking about, especially for Newcastle and Sunderland, a takeover was meant to happen you know, six months ago, yeah. and it, and it doesn't happen. That's when that's when things get awkward because you get unsettled. Uh, you know, in terms of the people working for the club, coaches at the club, uh, and players. You know, should I stay and 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 be uh, be strong with the club, or should I leave? Why, you know, I don't want to drop down with the club. Uh, that's the difficulty. And the longer you leave it like that, the the more you'll see people leaving. And you can see with Sunderland with the youngsters leaving because the ambition yeah. is not is not to be seen. One of those players is Bali Mumba today. Uh, he's headed off to Norwich City. Another young player Sunderland have lost. Does like it's. Exactly. This is the thing, it unsettles players, you know, it unsettles players because they don't know what's happening. You know, you don't know if his takeover is going to happen, so they don't know if the takeover is going to happen. So players get unsettled, they want to further their career, they want to do the best they can. Yeah. And they, they ain't going to sit around at a club there where there's uncertainty. You know, you know, there's, they, there'll be players sat there thinking, well, hang on a second, are we going to be able to strengthen because we haven't got no money? Yeah. You know, is this chairman going to still be in charge? You know, yeah. And this this just unsettles everybody, and this is why obviously teams start to struggle, and this is why you see teams free fall very quickly. Yeah, it goes on and on. And obviously, we we then need to look at Sunderland on the pitch. You know, there's a lot to be talked about Sunderland off it, but on it next season when they do start, they will. And this is very rough mass, very very quickly from me, but that'll be six months since they last kicked a ball professionally. Obviously, apart from the odd friendly here and there. There'll be teams coming down from a championship like Hull, Wigan, Charlton, etc., who obviously have kicked the ball professionally last week. Um, the other League One teams are obviously in the same position. Does that hinder Sunderland or does that benefit them having this six months break as opposed to the three coming down? I personally think it could could hinder them. I mean, I think it's it sounds great, a six months break. You know, your, your body's had a six months break, but you know, from the, the day in, day out you know, football and, you know, training, etc. You know, yeah, I'm not saying the lads haven't done anything because I'm sure they will have been taken over themselves. But to to be in that environment or to miss that environment for six months, you know, can have a, a massive effect on them. Um, you know, and again, you know, it's they're out of football for six months and there's uncertainty at the club. You know, all this is, all these are factors that 
will carry into the season if if nothing's done quickly. Um, you know, and obviously we're hoping, you know, a takeover is done very quickly so, you know, the guys can get back in and get settled or they can actually see players or see movement at the club, you know, of players into the club and, you know, signing for the club, etc. Um, but I think it could hinder them in, in all honesty. Just one final one on Sunderland for both of you. Would Sunderland fans be kidding themselves if they regarded the club as serious play, uh, serious promotion contenders next season or not? I think based on this season, yeah. I think, you know, this season hasn't been, you know, it hasn't been good enough throughout. Um, yeah, you know, it started to change towards the end and, you know, we were all hoping for, for a playoff uh, place. You know, when realistically, if you look at a club like Sunderland, realistically, you should be hoping for a promotion, not a playoff place. Um, and yeah, I think, you know, I think fans, you know, if it stays how it is right now and, you know, players don't come in, then I think, you know, you, you, you've got to be looking, well, you know, will 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 we finish mid table? Ollie, for you, how surprised would you yeah. be? I, th- I think they should be. It's a club that should be yeah. playing for promotion. What's scaring me is the way the way things are happening at the club. You know, the way they're selling players. The way you know this should be strengthening the club rather than than reduce reduce the the, the squad, uh, getting rid of your better players. Um, that's the sign of of a club going down. Yeah. You know, uh, and and that's what's hurting for the northeast. Um, you know, I wouldn't want to say. Um, I don't think they'll be, they'll be any better next season unless they they've got they've got they've got the backing of a new owner. That's that's the truth. Difficult times ahead for Sunderland, that's for sure. And Middlesbrough, and Newcastle, depending on what happens in the next few weeks, a huge couple of months ahead. Um, and just one final note, obviously the EFL will be starting alongside the Premier League uh, and the lower leagues as well, uh, the lower tiers. They're expected back on September the 5th. And again, the FA hoping to have crowds into those grounds uh, for the lower leagues. So you're talking National League, Northern League, etc. We wait and see what will happen there. But that just about does us for this week. Uh, we've been one pundit down, but that necessarily hasn't, improved, uh, hasn't impacted upon the quality uh, largely because we've still had you two there. I'm sure Mark will be watching and listening to that and thinking, you sod at the end of that, digging me out. But if you are listening to this, I landed one jibe at you all the way through this hour-long episode. So I had to at the end. Guys, thank you very much as per usual for you two. Uh, really appreciate it. We'll see you again in, uh, in seven days' time. As ever, you can catch up with us on YouTube, Facebook, SoundCloud, iTunes, and Spotify. And I lost my thread there uh, for the podcast as well. So do get subscribing, get listening. Uh, but I'm sure you'll be delighted like we are to see the season finally done and dusted from a Northeast perspective. We can look ahead to September now and we cannot wait. From all of us here on Football Matters, we'll see you in a week's time. Bye for now.